Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for our radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could be with us as well. I'm excited to welcome back author Rosalie T. Turner to our broadcast today. She wrote a book that I had a chance to discuss with her before called March With Me, but she's out this year with a brand new book called Layers of Truth, a novel set during the turbulent 1964 Mississippi Freedom Summer Project. When I talked to Rosalie, not only about her love of history and sharing that with others, but also what it's been like for her to merge that with her storytelling and to tell stories like this. If you all are not following Rosalie, we will let you also know where to be able to find her too. Rosalie, thank you again for the time. Glad to be able to speak with you again. Well, thanks, Iris. It's very nice to talk with you again, and um, I appreciate your having me on the show. It's a pleasure. It's definitely on mine. I, I should say I, I want to give you a public apology, Rosalie. You were here in my home state of Mississippi. I was hoping to be able to meet you, but my schedule got crazy, and, and that did not happen that trip, but I definitely look forward to us meeting uh, face-to-face uh, very soon. I want to talk about this experience for you, Rosalie, because you've written now uh, several books and where you've been able to share your own love of history as well as storytelling. What has it been like for you to see the response to your books? Well, it's been so heartwarming um, to see the enthusiasm people have for the history, especially at this time in our country when um, there's sort of a pushback, and it's a very concerning pushback. So I think it's even more important to get the stories out there. And people seem to be very eager to hear them. Rosalie, you bring up an interesting point. I could not have known when you and I scheduled uh, this campaign, and I should let our audience know that Rosalie will be a part of a, of a multi-part campaign with us here with Conversations where we'll be also on Amazon Live and doing other projects too. I could not have imagined at the time that this book would be even more um, important, uh, Rosalie. What has that been like for you to see the way that history uh, in many ways, seems to be repeating itself when it comes to the attitudes of people, but also the way that people are looked at. Well, it certainly is doing that, Cyrus. And um, when I started writing this book a few years ago, about three years ago, I um, my intention was to tell about the foot soldiers whose names are not in the history books and never would be and never have been. And I just think they're so important to the movement. Um, and, you know, they're very unsung heroes, I think. And so I, my purpose was just to put the names down and um, get the, the story told about what they did. And what I'm seeing um, is that, uh, as you said, history seems to be repeating himself. We needed so badly um, the Freedom Summer that came along in 1964 to make a change. Uh, one of the things that happened during Freedom Summer was that Freedom Schools were developed. And we are seeing Freedom Schools across the country now that are operated during the summer months um, through the Children's Defense Fund. Um, here in North Carolina, we have a lot of them in Charlotte. Um, there are 10 to 15 that go every summer, and we're having our very first one to start in Durham this summer. 
uh, and they're over the state, they're all over the country through the Children's Defense Fund. And it provides what the students are needing that they're missing in the schools now. And um, that was the case back in 1964, and it's still the case today. There is an interesting thing, and I actually I tell people, Rosalie, one of the reasons why I typically will uh, push back in a conversation like this with an author is because I actually do take the time to read the book. And so I've had a chance to actually read Layers of Truth, and I thought it was a few things that were very interesting that I wanted to be able to talk to you about. For one thing, I love the, the honesty of the main character that we're able to get to meet, Lenore, because I love the fact that she, like we hear even today in 2023, um, hear people talk about what seems to be their own world, um, which she called the real world, and then, of course, the other world. Um, talk to us about Lenore and what it was like for you to kind of bring her story to life and how her eyes were open to the usness of the world by her travels to Mississippi. Well, Lenore is uh, one of my favorite characters that I've ever developed because um, she was so, so naive when she started, as so many of us are, especially white people. We just live in a bubble that doesn't see the uh, rest of the world and doesn't know what it feels like to grow up um, a person of color in our country. And so um, as she comes down, and she comes down reluctantly, she only comes because her, her best friend, Jane, is um, encouraged her and made her come. <laughs> and so she comes reluctantly and with the idea that, you know, I'm going to help these people, these other people. And as she lives in the black community, as they, as all the volunteers who came down did, then she learns um, what whole three-dimensional people there are uh, besides those that live in her bubble. And I will say in Freedom Summer, it's when um, about a thousand uh, northern whites college students, mostly white um, college students, came down to Mississippi um, to set up freedom schools, community centers, but mainly to help blacks get registered to vote because they did not have the vote at that time. And so um, this um, summer was such a, such a time of revelation for those who came down to Mississippi, they were working with a predominantly black organization, grassroots organization, SNCC, um, the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. And um, they were living in the black communities, often without indoor plumbing, um, which was a real eye-opener to them. And they were seeing the poverty and the uh, um, deprivation that the blacks were suffering in the South. And it was such an eye-opener to them, as it would be to any whites who try to live within a black community at this time. Yeah. There is also the importance, as you're sharing a historical novel, Rosalie, I want our audience to know there is a lot of history in this historical novel. <laughs> and I, I, am, I was really surprised, again, I have to say, as someone who's an optimist, as I think you know this about me, Rosalie, and our radio audience here knows about me, I was it, it was almost scary to think about how history is repeating itself in, in not a good way. There's another part of the book um, where Lenore is having this conversation with these 
with these young people about history, about you know notable black individuals, and seeing the the lack of knowledge about them and what they've done. Um, and I think about today again what we see with history in many ways being erased and not being encouraged. What was that like for you to write that, um, Rosalie? Now to think about what's happening in 2023. Well, obviously it was. Um an eye-opener for me to do the research, too, because um, I had done a lot, of course, for March with me, um, and since that time, been kind of steeped in the history of the civil rights movement, and uh, my husband and I lead voluntarily these um, tours to Alabama and Mississippi, both places we have lived, to do um, civil rights tours. It started for the uh, university um, students at Texas A&M at Commerce, which is my husband's alma mater, and then it has grown to be, be where we just lead groups of people um, on these tours um, because the the history is so uh, little known by both uh, and whites um, and when we first started, most of our students were black, and they were just amazed at what their grandparents had had lived through. And so many of them have said to us, this is a life-changing experience because they were seeing the history for the first time. And, in fact, in every one of our tours, people have said that to us. And so I think that emphasizes, uh, once again, the importance of sharing this history. There is, um, see if I can find it here in my copy of the book, Rosalie. I want to actually read something. It's in chapter 10. For those who have the print edition of the book, it's found on page 112 going into page 113. And there you have Lenore kind of going through a litany of names like Harriet Tubman, um, John Brown, Robert Smalls. Uh, and again, these are people who now, of course, I've gotten to know about primarily, Rosalie, but from talking to authors like yourself and then, of course, being curious and looking things up. But I, I love the fact that, that as, as Lenore is kind of going through this, um, the revelation that, that Lenore is having at the time, and, and this is what, what we read in the book, we worked down the list of names, even though during our training we have been told these young people had not been taught their history, I was still surprised at how little they knew about it. And, and so I want to talk about what your hope is. Of course, a book like this is engaging for the reader, Rosalie, but it's, you know, I, as the author, how do you see this type of book? Because it is written as a novel, and people normally think about novels for reading as enjoyment. What, what did you kind of think about for the reader as you were writing this book and thinking about the messages you wanted to share? Well, for this book and also for March with me, my hope was that anyone who would read it would talk about it with their family, with their friends, that it would be uh, in their book clubs and they would discuss uh, the ideas and that would lead them more to looking at, at things a little bit more deeply. Um, and the hope was that, especially I did, felt this way with March with me when I wrote it, that uh, groups of blacks and whites would come together and talk together about 
the history that they were discovering and build that sense of community of learning something together. Um, but I, I love bringing in the history. Really, the history is more important to me in this book than the sense of the novel because um, I, I just think the history is so important. And, and everything that's historical in this book happened exactly as I'm very fanatic about my historical research. And um, one of the foot soldiers in it, he, he was head of the Sunflower County, um, Charles McLaurin Mack, we call him, um, who is in this book. Uh, Mack has read this book, and he said to me, everything you wrote is perfectly true. And so that made me feel very affirmed. But I do think that um, my hope is that we share this history um, and by writing it in a novel form, it's so easily accessible. It's so um, perhaps non-threatening to pick up a novel and read it. And some of the wonderful books of nonfiction that we have out now that are telling us about the racial um, injustices of our country. So uh, my hope is that people will read it um, and enjoy the story, but become fascinated by the history. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that that is it. I'll have to talk to you about the the relationship between Lenore and Luke because it, that was the third thing I wanted to definitely get into. And I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're speaking with author Rosalie T. Turner today. We're talking with her about her newest book, Layers of Truth, a novel set during the turbulent 1964 Mississippi Freedom Summer Project. We're going to also let you guys know how to stay connected with Rosalie as well. I thought the dynamics between Lenore and Luke were interesting, Rosalie, for a couple of reasons. One, again, Lenore being able to see that there is no other, that we all kind of are connected by our, our things that we hope for ourselves. But there also is a realization with Luke that I thought was in some ways sad for me, um, Rosalie, in that there's a conversation he has with Lenore where he basically says that, you know, as as a young black man, not expecting to live long, you know, and I thought that's a very 2023 statement for some people, you know, uh, unfortunately, again, talk to us about that. What was it like for you to kind of through Luke kind of share some of these messages that so many people, especially people of color can resonate with when it comes to how they're looked at and how their lives are looked at? Well, of course, it's always challenging and difficult for a white person to be in the mind of a black person or any any uh, other situation like that. But um, the reason I, first reason I brought that in was because um, back in the day <laughs> when, as we lived through that time, um, when I was in college in my early years, one of my very good friends from high school and I had gotten together. We hadn't seen each other for a while. And um, she she was very distraught. And she said that she and a, a young black man at her school had fallen in love, but that it was so dangerous and unacceptable for them to be together that they just realized that they could not be together and they 
had to end their their love. And so I just thought that was so sad that that, that had to be that way. And so I brought in the relationship between Luke and Lenore and you know it was it was so dangerous in Mississippi for that to happen um for a white and a black to have any kind of a relationship and I think uh I have Fannie Lou Hamer really uh slam them about it and as she would have um back then and um as the years go on, even though she's, she was optimistic that it would happen, she knew that there was such a gulf between them. She knew deep down that it probably would never happen. And um, in, that, in that day, it, it really couldn't. Today, it, it could happen. And um, so I think that's, that's good. Um, but it's, I think it's challenging today for a white person to try to really understand how it feels to grow up uh, black or brown in this country. Yeah, I think that is so true. And I think these, these conversations are are difficult. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's good that it's difficult, <laughs> but I think I think they're definitely necessary. I I found myself really conflicted with things like this, Rosalie, because I am from Mississippi. I have uh, lived here the majority of my life. I've never had any uh, any outright racial incidents either at school or in my daily life that I can point to. Never had experience being stopped by the police or any negative encounters with police. So, you know, people, you know, some of my friends, you know, also fellow black friends have said, well, it's because they know who you are, they, you know, they recognize you or they know this and that. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, but I am very aware that these things happen. So I'm, I'm curious then, when you were writing the book, um, because authors, of course, think about this, who was the audience for you? Who was the audience for Layers of Truth for you, Rosalie? That's a very good question. <laughs> um, I would say when I started this book, I I don't I don't think about the audience for a book. I only write okay. because, as my mentor told me, a writer has to write. I can't not write. <laughs> and so, I just was writing because I wanted to tell the story. I guess audience I eventually was hoping for was um, predominantly whites to learn this, mm. but blacks also so that whites and blacks can talk together and come mm. together. Okay, okay. And, and the only reason what made me think to ask that question is because, of course, in the book, Lenore is talking about To Kill, to kill a Mockingbird. And, and, and so, of course, books are such a good discussion piece. I was curious about that. I mean, I, I mean, I definitely think it's a book that everyone can appreciate, I guess. You know, I'm, I was wondering, I guess, too, is that is that part of the beautiful challenge of writing a book that is in many ways so timely, Rosalie, to, to kind of decide who you want to to reach with it. I think you are supposed to do that. Think about who you want to reach. Um, 
but I don't really do that. I, <laughs> okay. I, I have never, uh, you know, I didn't study writing. I don't know. I just write. And right. um, I just write because I can't help myself. And mm. so I don't really think about who I'm writing for. However, once I finished the book, I felt I very much wanted people to write it for the history in it because it is very accurate. And I think we need to know that history. And the second reason I'm very anxious for people to buy my book and read it is because, excuse me, all my proceeds are going to start uh, toward this project uh, to start a freedom school that we're going to do. This group I belong to is going to start up this summer. In, here in Durham, North Carolina, and I think it's so important to have a freedom school, and I'm so excited about being part of that. So I guess that made me want to have a lot of people read the book. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. That 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 that's a very big why and a very good why for sure. Well, let me just say this too. I've already written my review on Amazon. I'm looking. Um, it should be uh, live here in a couple of days. We also are going to post it on our site, uh, booksyouneedtoread.com as well. Rosalie, it's a great book, and I told you when we started this conversation, time is going to be flying by, and it is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> doing that yes, with us today. Um, but I do want to say this last thing and then have you talk about it because, you know, I, I've i heard authors say, and I'm sure there's some truth to it in some respects. I've had some authors disagree with this, but I'm curious to see your thoughts, that you write what you know. Do you think the reason why your books are so touching, because I did actually feel like I got to know these characters, is because this is something that is so personal to you when it comes to sharing the history. And is that advice you give for other authors to write something that they feel a connection with? I think that is absolutely true. Um, Not necessarily what you know, but what you have a passion about, because I'm learning all the time about this. But this has been my passion, really, my whole life. When I was in high school, I read Lillian Smith's Killers of the Dream, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, what what kind of country are we to do this kind of thing? And and so it's just it has been a passion of my life, but I am learning constantly about it. Um, and so I just I just care deeply about um, our racial history and starting from 1619 and so I think we need to know it I think we need to teach it and I think we need to share it and what about for for young people because I think that's also an audience here too what would you say to young people who may feel as though history is in some ways being you know being a race, what would you say to them about the importance of history, knowing history? I would say if you can't get these books about it in your school or the library, find a way to get them because they're out there. And um, it's so, so important to, especially for young people to know, because they're, there's, they are going to be what's influencing our country in the not-too-distant future. And um, we just got back from this tour, as I mentioned, and it was um, an intergenerational tour. The young people on it were so uh, engaged and so um, willing to learn. It was 
and the same with the university students when we take them and um and they're and they are generally overwhelmed by what they're learning because they haven't learned it before and so right. i cannot stress enough the importance of learning it and my books are written so they're very easy for young people to read yeah exactly i totally agree with that rosalie does it as on a personal note i have to ask you this does it surprise you that we're living with all the advancements that we've made in the world with all the advancements in the united states and all of the achievements does it surprise you that that we are in a place where history is being attacked um it does surprise me it does surprise me and it breaks my heart that we have let ourselves get to this position where we see some of the legislation that is happening today to cut back on voting rights and education and um you know banning books is just so obscene to me it surprises me it horrifies me and it breaks my heart yeah I have to say, I'm surprised as someone who grew up um, not thinking, you know, and this is why I think it's so so important to have books like Layers of Truth, Rosalie, because for some people, this could be, as Lenore's eyes were open, this could be an eye-opener for them, right? And to stop looking at their world as the real world and the other as the other. Because, you know, we used to do that with countries. I know growing up, we used to hear about these countries and think, oh, well, that's over there. That's happening over there. That doesn't really matter for us. But now we see the real-world consequences <laughs> of, of how yeah. connected we all are all over the world. And so, we, you know, I think we're getting a better appreciation. So I definitely think a book like Layers of Truth will do that. Again, everyone, my friend Rosalie T. Turner has been our guest. Her new book, Layers of Truth, is out now. You can get it through our friends at Amazon.com. Definitely invite you guys to get your own copy of it. And Rosalie, as you mentioned, um, you're doing something very special with the proceeds on your end. But let our audience know how they can find out more information about you and the book. Uh, they can go to my website, RosalieTurner.com. It has about a uh, link to the Freedom Schools, and it has um, information about me and my books. All right. Rosalie, congratulations to you again. This was a great conversation with you. I know you're going to be joining me on Amazon Live uh, coming up very soon, so we invite our audience to be able to look on my social media for the link for that. Make sure you guys join us. And also be ready with your questions. If you have questions for Rosalie, you want to be a part of the conversation, that is an opportunity for you guys to be able to do that. We can be able to read your questions live during the broadcast. Rosalie, again, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our next chat together. Well, thank you so much, Cyrus. I enjoyed talking with you. Uh, definitely a pleasure. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Thank you, as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live, and let's go make today amazing. Take care. <music>